Well, good morning. So this morning I'm listening to Carl Jung's Phenomenology of the Self and reading some articles. Yesterday I spent some time with John Dunn, uh, mainly because um, Jordan Peterson was talking to Rex Murphy. It's important to me as a Canadian. I've known Rex Murphy all my life. The reason why it hooked me is because they mentioned his acerbic style. I like acerbic uh, because that's me. It's funny. I was reading another another article talking about, uh, what did it call itself here? There it is. 170 hypothetical questions that'll give your brain a workout. Sadly, not a lot of workout over here. If you had a chance, would you want to be pain-free for the rest of your life? Yes, I live with chronic pain. I have for well over a decade. So well, that's not a question. Uh, I, I, I've lived a lifetime of pain. Uh, hey, it won't be a problem because I'll always remember uh, the duality of, right? And the third one was, what, what would I hear if I asked a group of people who know you for five adjectives, adjectives to describe you? Like I said, how he described Rex Murphy could have been me, acerbic and intense, informed. But he mentioned John Dunn, Rex Murphy mentioned John Dunn. And at the time I was looking into, uh, when I was just read an article by um, supposedly someone very well thought of, I think her name is Gail. She talks about a scout mindset as opposed to a soldier's mindset. And she's wrote a whole book and she has a whole following on this. And I posit that this is just a rehash of old ideas. The scout mindset is free energy, right? The mind is a predictive en engine. The self uh, helps to better that engine, but also balance the actual experience, reality, our somatic experience, our senses with the predictive engine to better the engine, but also the self is designed for us to accept the reality and work within it, right? It's like Camus' The Absurd, right? Life is absurd, therefore embrace it, right? Like Sisyphus, his true freedom is found in his acceptance of his lot, right? So you must imagine Sisyphus is happy when he's going down the mountain right? Because Amor Fati, right? He embraces his fate. And that's why I say Amor Fati, embrace your faith, right? Because this is what faith is. In Buddhism, in Sanskrit, it's shraddha. It's commitment. It's devotion. Um, I call it uh, uh, confidence in the prescription, no matter what it is. And as I've said before, turning towards the divine or just seeing oneself as part of a, a greater system, part of a cog, a cog in a system, part of, part of a, a greater whole is transformational. You don't have to believe in a greater power. You just have to believe that you are not the center of the universe. And on that line, I was looking through John Donne. I don't see how he's hard to get into. But I do see how he has some interesting things to say. So on that note, oh, my apologies. On that note, I thought I'd read uh, John Dunn, 
a lecture upon the shadow. I think it's apropos because the shadow in this case is like the Jungian archetype, uh, but it's also, um, in a sense, the self. I've talked about this before, that the self is both uh, the greatest barrier to liberation and the greatest tool. So just like Jungian psychology, well, Jungian philosophy, or any philosophy really, we have our subconscious and our conscious, right? So you have the subtext and you have, um, right, or the Japanese. I like the way the Japanese explain. You have, you wear three masks. One you show others, one you show ones you care for, ones you trust, and then a face you only show yourself. And I posit there's a fourth that many of us don't even admit a mask that we don't even take off for ourselves, right? And that's what we're talking about here, right? So let me read A Lecture Upon the Shadow by John Dunn. Stand still, and I will read to thee a lecture, love, in love's philosophy. These three hours that we have spent walking here, Two shadows went, along with us, with which we ourselves produced. But now, the sun is just above our heads. We do those shadows tread. And to brave clearness, all things are reduced. So whilst our infant loves did grow, disguises did, and shadows flow from us and our cares. But now tis not so, that love has not attained the highest degree, which is still diligent, lest others see. Except our love at this noon stay, we shall new shadows make the other way. As the first were made to blind others, these which come behind will work upon ourselves and blind our eyes. If our loves faint and westwardly decline, to me thou falsely thine, and I to thee mine actions shall disguise. The morning shadows wear away, and these grow longer all the day. But, oh, love's day is short, if love decay. Love is a growing or a full constant light. And his first minute after noon is night. I think it's beautiful. Beautiful poem, right? Because he starts and he says, stand still. I love this. I'm a big, like, love's labor is lost. Stand still and I read to thee, right? A lecture, love, in love's philosophy. So he's speaking to his love about the philosophy of love. And this is what I'm talking about, faith. Faith is another form of love, right? Faith combined with doubt. You have to have compassion and understanding and commitment, devotion. But there's a love, love of oneself, love of others, love of the path, love of uh, your goal. So let me tell you of love's philosophy. It discusses these three hours that we have spent, right? In this, uh, using allusions to a day. Three hours is a 
a portion of the day, not a large portion of the day. So they've walked a portion of their lives together. Walking here, two shadows went along with us, which we ourselves produced. Talking about the shadows that they carried into the relationship where they weren't completely honest. But now the sun, just above our head, we do those shadows tread. Remember, again, noon or the sun, also an allusion to a day. So when the sun is directly overhead, the shadow, you know, isn't ahead, it isn't behind, it isn't following. The shadow is directly beneath you. That's why he says, we do those shadows tread. When it's also speaking that we've tread them underfoot, we've gotten rid of these shadows, these shadows that we brought with us to the relationship. And the best line of all, and to brave clearness, all things are reduced. Right? This is what we've been teaching in Buddhism, to be clear of biases and prejudice and fear and self-doubt and self-sabotage. To be clear, all things are reduced. Remember that the teaching is the marks of existence, anicca, natta, and dukkha, which is dissatisfaction with our lot. Why? Because the self that we attach to ends up causing our dissatisfaction because we don't accept that even the self, among all things, even the self is impermanent. So whilst our infant loves did grow, so while their infant loves, their individual loves grew, disguises did and shadows flow from us and our cares. So they helped eliminate the shadows they'd brought, but they were just growing further. New ones, sorry. But now, tis not so. So again, we're talking about got rid of the shadows they brought with them to the relationship, yet they had developed new shadows of their own as their individual loves did grow. But now, standing under the noon sun, they have an opportunity to change. Maybe, possibly their last opportunity as we continue. That love has not attained the highest degree, so it hasn't reached its pinnacle. Like in the I Ching, right? not excessive, not insufficient. But what many failed to understand is the philosophy is... Um, never to reach fullness, because upon reaching fullness, uh, it's when the cycle begins again, right? So you must strive to never reach the absolute highest degree, because at that point is when we begin again, as everything is a cycle, right? So as that line said from the stanza, that love has not attained the highest degree which is still diligent, lest others see, right? So in this case, sadly, there may be some subtext going on in this particular relationship, but it's also a lesson we can take. Let your love grow. You have to get rid of those shadows you brought to the relationship, but you must also be conscious of shadows that can develop within the relationship. Dishonesty or some of these masks can come into play, right? Just as he says, you're diligent lest others see, and that includes your partner. Right? Accept our loves at this noon stay. Right? So this is 
a moment in time, right? Where we're able to choose the next step on our path, right? A stay is not permanent. It's a, it's a, a period, a point in time, in a journey. We shall new shadows make the other way, as the first were made to blind others. These which come behind will work upon ourselves and blind our eyes. Like I said, these shadows are blinding to oneself and to others. We'll work upon ourselves and blind our eyes. Ourselves. So oneself and others. To me thou falsely thine, and I to thee mine action shall disguise. Right? So not fully committed and not being honest about it. The morning shadows wear away, those shadows they brought with. But these grow longer all the day. These new shadows, falsehoods, and dishonesties grow longer by the day. But oh, love's day is short if love decay. Oh, is that so true? Right? Nothing be so short without the passion or the beauty. Right? As I said, a trip to or from is not the goal. It's the journey, not the destination. Right? So, and the other meaning here is, but oh, love's day is short if love decay. You can also see that love, passion, intensity defies time. Whereas with love, you know, westwardly decline, right? Sun setting in the west. If love's faint and westwardly decline, if love decay, because it says love is a growing or full constant light. As I said, in the Yijing, the, the Book of Change, the great classics that uh, uh, Confucius and uh, Lao Tzu uh, based their philosophies of Taoism and Confucianism, it talks about the golden mean of not insufficient and not excessive. And as I said, that speaks to a fullness that shan't reach the highest degree. Because once you reach the pinnacle, that's when the cycle begins again. You start again. So love is a growing, a, a full, constant light. Right? So light, love, passion, meaning something constantly growing or it's full and beaming because if not right if love is faint or a westwardly decline or decay not growing or in full constant light that's where the final line comes into the play and his first minute Afternoon is night. Right? So the illusion of day, again, 
right? The first moment that life, uh, life, it can be life as well. It's true. That's what I'm getting at. The idea of Camus and absurdism, accepting your lot. Um, I kind of <laughs> screwed up there, but that's my point, right? Is that life and love, your passion, your faith is a growing and ever growing or full constant thing. Because that first minute after noon is night, right? As he said, love's day is short if love decay. So as, again, the illusion of the afternoon, we use it for the aging period in a life, a decay, a decline. So, I find it very funny how... um. I'm seeing the uh, teachings, unlike 30 years ago, I saw the teachings in life everywhere I looked and in philosophy, right? But sadly, what I'm seeing now, it's the opposite. So it's almost as if the teaching is being obfuscated purposefully, right? It's like... Um, I remember Kipling's poem, If. If you can hear the words you spoke, twisted by knaves as a trap for fools, and not, not have that either uh, upset you or, or uh, demoralize you or harden you, I mean, I think that's uh, the true um, teaching is that um, within strife, as they say, challenge, we can really see ourselves, challenge our mettle and make it meet our maker within ourselves. As I said early in this, it's turning to the divine, not in a spiritual or even metaphysical way. It's uh, accepting that great doubt that I've spoken about before, the Chishkoti in Sanskrit or the Tetralemma in Greek. It's this great doubt, just admitting, like Kierkegaard, <clears throat> we're incapable of perceiving something beyond our perception. Therefore, it requires that leap of faith, right? But it's not a blind faith. As Buddha said, there's, Room for reason and logic in this philosophy, right? So it's a, it's ignorance transformed into doubt, which can then blossom into wisdom, knowledge, understanding, awareness, liberation. 